Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Maroon and Bold. I'm sports editor Andrew Sermo. We are no longer with our former sports editor, Taylor DeSormo. I am now joined by assistant sports editor and football beat writer, Greg Whitcliffe, and football beat writer, Austin Deneen. Today, we're going to be talking about Central Michigan football. They play later this week on Thursday. They're taking on Presbyterian in Kelly Short Stadium at 7 p.m. Um, the coaches' poll came out today. Um, CMU was picked to, to finish in fourth place. Guys, what are your initial thoughts hearing fourth place uh, in the Mac West division? I think it's fine. Um, pretty much what you expect from the the, the polls uh, at the Mac yeah. Media Day came out that they were also projected to finish fourth in that poll as well. So, not really surprised. They did lose a lot of players from last year, uh, but they do have Cooper Rush back. So I don't think that they it will really matter to them. Yeah. So I don't think that it will be a problem. So. Yeah, awesome. I'd say it's about right. I mean, you, a lot of their games are real toss-ups, so they could finish fourth or they could finish first. It all depends on how those two or three pivotal games go for them. Yeah, I mean, Western was uh, picked to finish first in the MAC West, Bowling Green over in the MAC East. I think it's uh, it's pretty accurate to say. I mean, um, I think Coach Bonamago's squad does have the aspirations to obviously prove both the MAC media poll and the coaches' polls wrong, at least by a couple uh places i mean fourth is is pretty low um it's just in the mac west division so the mac west west is pretty heavy this year they got niu in it um you know western toledo or is that Mac? no toledo okay they got toledo in it. That's, that's pretty heavy competition right there um and the crazy thing is that seam is gonna have to go to in a, a four-week span they play western michigan niu and toledo in a four-week span that's it's going to be a tough uh, stretch. I mean, they have Ball State in between Western and NIU, but we'll see how that stretch goes for them. Um, something inter- interesting today was Coach Bonamago's mom was at practice. Uh, she was a sweet Northern Italian woman. Um, she kind of teared up, she said, when she saw her coach, her son, Coach Bonamago, on the, uh, the field. That was the first time that she's seen him actually on the field since his playing days, his walk-on days uh, back in the 80s mid-80s, so I thought that was a pretty interesting note. Um, we'll have an article about that later on here, uh, probably week three. Um, we're going to publish a little article about Coach Bonamago's mom and his whole entire walk-on story. Um, but looking up to uh, this season, looking at the team, guys, concerns right off the bat. What are you, what are you guys concerned about? Uh, I'm, I'm a little worried about the line. Uh, lost a couple starters in Beamish and Amedi, and you're replacing yeah. it with your center is Austin Doan now, who has never played center in his life. Yeah. Um, they allowed 28 sacks last season, which was seventh best in the MAC, so middle tier. But you're losing two of the most important players in your line, so you don't know what's going to happen next. And if Cooper Rush gets hurt, this team's going to struggle. Yeah, Greg, you were kind of saying earlier about what it means to lose your center. Uh, what does that do to the cohesion of an offensive line? Well, when you lose your center, obviously that's that's kind of the quarterback of your offensive line. Okay. Like they call the signals, all the blitz packages, and they know everything on the line. So when you have someone that's never done that before, and when you're in a game against a hostile defensive line, that can always be a chaotic situation. And my concern is also uh, with Rush being being back there throwing the ball forty times a game. He could possibly get hurt if there's a mix up or there's a mix miss call on the offensive line. So. It's going to be a lot on done to uh, make sure that he's always aware of where the blitzes are coming in, making sure that everyone on the offensive line is uh, is cohesive. And also that will go on rush as well to make sure that the center also knows what's going on because the quarterback also should know what the offensive line is doing as well. But with that, with the uh, you know younger guys and newer guys on the offensive line and 
you know, Rush being back there a lot, throwing the ball, it, it leaves him open for a lot of big hits. Mm-hmm. And I know teams are going to be keying on him because he, he basically is the offense. He's a, right. the leader of the team. And so if something go if something happens to him, this season could go down the drain pretty quick. So that's really my main concern heading into this season. Yeah, I mean, I think to that point about the, the season going down, if Cooper Rush goes down, um, that's not a critique to Jake Johnson, the the backup quarterback, but it doesn't look like they have anyone that can really is there yet mentally, physically, potentially, uh, yeah. But mentally, that that game that Cooper Rush that he brings, his mental aspect, his calmness to him, really is a uh, is something that can't be matched on that roster as of yet. Um, I talked about Omega earlier today, um, and something that he brought up was the balance. Um, you know. Uh, they were pretty unbalanced last year in terms of passing to to the, to the rushes. Awesome. Do you, do you have that stat by any chance? Yeah, uh, three point one yards per carry and thirteen hundred yards. A little over thirteen hundred yards. Team had uh, did their leading rusher had less than four hundred yards. It's yeah. first time since nineteen fifty one. Yeah, so we're talking a fifty year gap between poor rushing. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a, a rushing thing or you know if that's a backfield problem if the talent isn't there in the backfield or if it's an offensive line thing. Could be both. Is it a play call thing? You know, could be a combination of all three. I, could be all that's three. that's that's a tough th- thing to kind of to re- really look at. Um, that's one of my biggest concerns is the rushing game. Cooper Rush was able to do it last year, really dink and dump little passes uh, across the middle, little out routes, a couple long balls here and there. But I really want to see a run game that can support. Uh, and when they do pass, when they do a little play action f- uh, fake drop back pass, maybe a little bootleg to open up that deep ball because the, the defense is creeping up. You know, I, I just don't see that right now. Big loss in Romello Ross, sophomore running back Romello Ross, who tore his ACL uh, last week, um, out for the season. You know, Jarre Hayes comes back as a senior. Uh, Jay Roberson comes back from injury. Uh, Devin Spaulding comes back from, I think he got injured week five with uh, his clavicle. Um, there's a lot of question marks in the backfield. Cooper Rush is obviously a stable part. Bonamango says they want to balance the offense out. But bottom line is, if you win by passing the ball 100% of the time, they're going to pass the ball 100% of the time. Another thing is, in, an, in, the, in the offense that CMU runs, they can do those five-yard passes, those quick bubble passes. They can use that as a running game. Yeah. Uh, you don't really need that That's great running game, but I think it does help because if you can run the ball and you can balance it out with play action, that always keeps the defense honest. But if, if for some reason they're not able to get that running game going, they do have that short and intermediate passing game that could, you know, kind of take that take away that pressure from not having a great running game. That's a good point. A lot of those little screen passes out, out you know, it stretches the defense out uh, horizontally, and um, I think it, you're, you're exactly right. It kind of substitutes as a running game, but. It's like I said. It's tough to say, identify where the problem is. We're, we're outsiders looking in. It's tough to identify where, where, where the problem is in that rushing game. Um, and who knows? I mean, one of those running backs could yeah. be could have a really great season, a breakout season. Yeah. I mean, no one saw Thomas Rawls being the guy that he was when he got here. So I mean, it's it, true. Anything is possible. You know, I think it's just it's early right now, and everyone's expecting Cooper Rush to just be the guy. But if one of those guys can, you know, get going early. I mean, who, who's to say that they can't have their best rushing season ever? You know, you never yeah. know. So yeah, um, bright sides. We won't be negative this whole time. Uh, <laughs> bright sides. 
What do you guys see that, that is going to be a really great advantage for this team coming into fall? Really solid defense coming back. You're losing Kayvon Frazier, who was your leader to the NFL, but, and Blake D-line. Serpa as well on the D-line. Yeah. But uh, you're you're bringing back a lot of players. you got a really solid unit. You were a top-20 defense last season. Yeah. I mean, you, you, if, you, if you're going to score, if you're not going to score running the ball, then you need to be able to stop other teams and play <laughs> the game management. You, know? you sound just like John Bonamago. Yep. Literally said that today. You know, the bottom line over all everything is that we got to have a, a great defense. That's that's funny you say that. Um, Greg, what do you got? I think the, uh, the receiving core with Jesse Crowell and Mark Chapman uh-huh. and uh, Willis and Anthony Rice, I think all of those guys, just having a lot of different receivers that can finish a season with 50 catches, 600 yards and five yeah. touchdowns, I think just having that – not allowing the defense to just key off on one guy is something that Cooper Rush does well with uh, with his receivers because he's always able to find the open man. And so with that, you know, it's going to be hard for teams to just key in on one guy. And I think that having a lot of different guys that can go up and get it, that can run all kinds of routes, just helps them and also helps that running game that may or may not be there when they need it. Yeah, I think they had like five wide receivers last year with 500 yards plus. Really balanced um, attack on the on the outside. Yeah. Um, Jesse Kroll, sixth-year senior, coming back for his his final season at Mount Pleasant. Seems like he's been here for a yeah. decade. <laughs> he's been there for about you know six years. That's a long time. He actually got engaged. Um, the Wisconsin native got engaged over the summer. So congrats to Jesse Kroll. Love in the air and C- at CMU. Huh? All right, guys. Records, schedules. What do you guys have CMU football going in 2016? I got him at eight and four. Eight and four losses. Uh, week two loss to Oklahoma State. Uh, week lo- week two loss or week four loss, excuse me, to Virginia on the road, mm. and then back to back losses in the middle of October on the road against Northern Illinois and Toledo. Okay, okay, Gregory. I'm also going eight and four this year, but a couple different losses. Uh, I got them losing to Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. have them losing to Virginia, mm-hmm. NIU, and Ohio at home. You dog, <laughs> you dog. All right, well, why why Ohio? I don't know. It's just when you watch Ohio, they're one of those gritty teams, one of those yeah. underdog teams that everyone overlooks. You know, obviously they're like the small team. When you think of Ohio, you don't think of the Bobcats, but they're a good team in the MAC, and they're always you know a competitive squad. So I think that if CMU isn't careful, they could easily come in, come in here and and take a win. Yeah, I actually have that same exact loss. That's why you're a dog. Um, <laughs> I thought I'll be the only one that that picked that loss. Um, yeah, no, I think that they're a scrappy team. I think that CMU could sleep in that game a little bit. They have Eastern the next week, which obviously isn't like, uh, you know, the, traditionally hasn't been the strongest opponent, but, you know, it, it is an in-state r- little rivalry game. They could be looking ahead to that. A couple of different variables. It's November. It's freezing cold. Um, there could be a handful of things, but I think that's if there's a game late in the season, they, that's when you can't slip up in, and I think maybe it's going to happen. I haven't picked for that. They're 8-4 for me. Um, Oklahoma State, week two. Then those back-to-back road games at NIU and Toledo, that's like murderer's row in the MAC. That is a tough – it's tough two games. I mean, on the road, maybe even if it was at home, I still would have them losing at least one of those games. I don't think on the road changes much. But going up to DeKalb, that's a long drive. Um, then coming, turning right around and going down to Toledo. Toledo isn't that far away, but, you know, it's just – that's that's a tough two, two back-to-back games. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think – for, in order for them to win this conference, they're going to have to beat. They're going to have to go two and two and one against Western Toledo and NIU. So they're going to have to get one two of those wins. So I think that this year will be a lot different. 
playing at home against Western. They haven't beaten them in a while. Yeah. Obviously, they want to get that win. Going on the road to Toledo will be tough. I know that they last time they went there it was it did not go well for them. Mm-hmm. But I think I just feel like this is the year for them to you know go on the road against Toledo, a team that has pretty much dominated them in in the past. But I think that they can get a win there. And but I don't think this year against NIU. I think last time that they went to NIU they lost they won. And I think NIU is looking for some payback. So yeah, that'll be a game they have to look out for. Yeah, it would be a very big win for uh, Coach Bonamago's program, not just the senior football team, but the Bonamago era program uh, to beat Western Michigan October 1st. That would be a huge win uh, to get him going. That would be obviously his first win against Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first win for CMU over Western in, I want to say, a couple years. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. but I think it's 13 maybe, 2013. 2013 maybe. was. That could be um, wrong. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I mean, it's – it would be a, a signature win, uh, and obviously P.J. Fleck has other things in mind. He's a great ball coach over there. Of course, like we said earlier, Western's picked to finish first in the MAC West division. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, contested game. I think it'll probably be the most well-attended game by the students, by the fan and the community uh, of the season. It's it's early this year, October 1st. That's, that's a good date for it, I think. It'll weather be, it'll, still be good. Yeah, it'll be yeah. warm still. It's prime uh, football weather right there. Yeah, the fall Boys leaves fall. will be browning up in orange and all that good stuff so I, it'll be good uh, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to start off as a head coach losing your first two times against your rival yeah one at home one at, on the road you just don't want that and i think that that's going to be a lot of motivation for them to make sure that they yeah. aren't owing to the first time that uh, they play cmu with bonamigo as their head coach bono yeah. needs that that signature win yeah he didn't get it year one this is He's got a couple chances. If he could beat OK State, that's a, that would be a huge win for the program. Huge. That would be a monumental win. Yeah. You, if you beat Western, that's even a good win for yes. the program, especially since they're, they're picked to finish first. You should need something yeah. to put your foot on and say, look what we did. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's build. Let's build yeah. from here. Yeah, I think if it will be a, a victory to come out of the non-conference schedule 3-1. and one. Um, Excuse me, 4-1. and one. Um, That lone – Lost to OK State, and they played OK State very tough last year in Kelly Short Stadium. I think they held them to what? Uh, twenty-four points. Twenty-four points. That that's a team in the Big Twelve that that's a consistently puts up fifty. Top twenty program in the country. Absolutely. One win away from pretty much being in the playoff. Yeah, so, I mean yeah. that is a damn good team. It's a very impressive that they held them to that point, to that score. Um, at on the road is a whole different story. That I'm not sure if it's o- Oklahoma's home opener. Um, Things but, get tough in Stillwater. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And the Cowboys, once they get out gunning, they get they, they, they're they're a tough offense to stop, man. So we'll see, we'll see. But that's everything we have from Maroon and Bull today. Uh, thanks for listening. We will be back next Tuesday, uh, and every Tuesday thereafter. So thanks and fire up chips. <laughs>